Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering Season 3, Episode 9, entitled The Suicide King. I don't know why it's called The Suicide King, honestly. Well, it's an obvious NXS reference. NXS? I thought it was a Christopher Walken reference. Oh. Seriously, you never heard of Suicide King? No. What is The Suicide King? So it's like, uh, you know, the cards... I've heard of cards. Not against humanity, but the regular, like, according to Hoyle. Uh, okay. There's yeah. one particular king that's got, like, a sword to his head. And okay. He, I think it's the, I don't know, I don't really know which king it is. It's one of the red ones, I believe. Okay. He's referred to as a suicide king. All right. So that's the governor. That's, well. With his eye jabbed out. I don't know. Is it the governor or is it Rick? They're both kings and they both mm. are fucking crazy, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Not in a fun way. <laughs> no. Not crazy in a fun way. Uh, okay, do we have anything we want to talk about right off the bat before we get um, into the recap? Yeah, so it's been a while, and things have been happening here at the Bald Move Network. Um, I can't remember if this had came to pass in time for last season uh, premiere, but fuck it. We brought the Picasso Show on board, uh, three lovely yes. ladies from L.A. Um, the first ladies on the Bald Move Network. Yeah, yeah, plant a flag for the double X tribe. It's about time. Those Ekes. Um, they're pretty aw- – if you like the personal arrogance guy, uh, crew, they're very similar, only more feminine, I guess. I'll talk just about, barely. I'll talk just more barely. about that in the um, – um, I'll talk more about that in the uh, promo section towards the end. Uh, and I know there's a plot, probably a lot of people right, reaching for the fast-forward buttons, but I swear to God, I'm going to wrap this up in 30 seconds, and you'll just skip – You'll skip forward too far, and then have to skip back, and you skip forward, and you'll waste three <laughs> minutes when you can just listen to me. You're down to 20 seconds. Uh, next up is we brought in the uh, Kelly and Tom from the Upstairs, Up Yours Downstairs yeah, podcast they just on posted Down their, They just posted their first episode this week. I'm super excited. I don't know if there's a lot of crossover between The Walking Dead and Downton <laughs> Abbey, but I don't want to be pejorative because I like them both, so what the fuck? Yeah, um, me too. We've been, uh, finally, last but not least, we've been, we started doing a weekly television show about all the stuff that we don't do feature show on. Currently, we're covering Justified, uh, HBO's Girls. We were covering Downton Abbey. I think we're going to bail on that after this week. Uh, talk about Archer, Portlandia. Probably going to start talking about the newsroom when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. A bit <laughs> I of know House how much you love that show. Oh, love to hate. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, check that out. All this you can find at baldmove.com. Awesome. So I'm done with my pimping. I think I don't have anything else to talk about. Okay, well, let's get into the, to the episode. The what, did you, what did you think after a couple months off? What did you think of this episode? Uh, as a comeback I, episode? I was definitely looking for more Walking Dead. I was happy with the, what they did in Season 3.0, and I was looking for more of that. I don't feel like we got a great dose of it. Well, I was prepped because I had read the uh, buzz from Seppenwall and uh, Greenwald and uh, Feinberg, and they were prepping me for a talky episode. So I was ready for, hmm. you know, kind of a set piece moving, okay. not like you'd expect a 
you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, uh, season opener. Uh, and I actually, to the about 50-minute mark, was pleasantly surprised by the pacing and how things were going. And I, yeah. But the last five minutes of this show was horse shit. Or the last five minutes, refresh my... Or we'll get to them eventually yes. if you want to yes. save it. I, I, in fact, I think it's just a hideous mistake the show's making. You didn't like Lori. You didn't like seeing Lori again. Ghost that Lori? That was your problem, yeah. Ghost Lori? Fuck Ghost Lori. No, <laughs> yeah. I did not enjoy it. I'm right there with you. It could have been so much more worse, and I have evidence of that, but we'll get to them. Really? To yes. And I've got a lot more to say in the spoiler section about what I feel is a missed opportunity and I know some of the other fans do too. So we'll get to there, but okay. um, no, I, I was surprised at how much I was enjoying things until we got to that part. Do you and have then, a number to stick on this rating? Man, I'm going to give it a five, five out of 10. It was middle of the road for me. It's like, I got a, you know, BGL and PGL, like before ghost Lori, this episode <laughs> was like a solid eight, maybe even trending yep. up for, especially for a talkie episode. PGL, uh five i mean it it's so five is not like an okay episode for you or no it dropped it down three full points yeah for a ghost lorry wow yeah you're right maybe three i'll be because you're right that's some bull that's some video game (laughs) magazine review bullshit it's a three yeah a a seven is not mediocre and it it just made it just left a sour taste in my mouth okay so fair enough there's the advanced review all right well let's get into the recap uh we start off right where we left last season Sorry, not last season. I hate this. Uh, where we left off in, in the episode eight. Mid-season hiatus. Yeah, fuck that. Um, with Daryl and Merle in the pit being cheered on by the uh, Woodbury residents. Uh, fight to the death, the governor announces. Which we all knew was coming, right? I mean, nobody was surprised by fight to the death. I was not surprised. Okay. Uh, I believe we made Kirk and Spock references galore last episode. Dun, 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 so, dun, dun, dun. Yep. Um, but Rick and crew interrupt the party with smoke and bullets. Um, I, like the other thing is now that I'm in bitch mode. This <laughs> oh, is no. a. It's too early in the episode. <laughs> too early in the season. Yeah. Sorry, Mazera. Game on. You did it to yourself. <laughs> uh, I actually thought this was a very cheap looking action set piece oh hell yeah it was i mean they used every fucking trick in the blow budget book they pumped in a bunch of fog yeah they, they blacked bun- out the background they used a bunch of confusing angles so you couldn't tell where <laughs> things were going i mean yep. i really don't understand i mean I, I i just took it for granted that okay they made off with all these people yeah and also what was merle's plan that, that's a very good point. Actually, Staffa, uh, one of our longtime listeners. Longtime uh, listeners. Very, Are you shitting long. me? Staffa emailed Staffa us? wrote in, yeah. He's back from the Blue Yonder days. Yeah. Uh, he's actually doing his own thing at outofcontinues.com. He's Hell yeah, he is. got a video game podcast of his own. Uh, but he that was his point. He said, what the heck was Merle's grand plan? He starts beating up Daryl and then tells him to follow my lead, only for them to get back up, uh, trying to protect themselves from zombies back to back. Did I blink and miss something? Because I definitely didn't see any leads or any follows of said leads. Yeah, it's like that's exactly his what plan I was, was to beat his ass and then beat some zombies and go back to beat Daryl's ass. And, <laughs> yeah, and have it go on for so long that the town residents kind of wander off. It's... Plus, I don't find punching a zombie on a stick as a very effective means <laughs> of escaping. Well, no one said that Merle was a grand strategist. Apparently not. He, however, is a... He went to the Zap Brannigan School of uh, Strategery. <laughs> awesome. He, however, is a Grand Wizard. 
<laughs> yeah, he is. I, I really like the end of the scene where they're leaving. He's more and- of an imperial cyclops, I think. <laughs> Uh, I really like how Daryl grabs that crossbow out of the dude's hands. Right. He takes it back with such emphasis. Right. It's awesome. And don't you lay hands on Lucille. It was, it, it was like, and don't the audience miss this when right. you grabbing the crossbow. And Daryl surely named his crossbow. Lucille. Like I, I, I think it's, yeah, it's yeah. got to be Lucille or Lulu. Yeah. It wouldn't be Sophia, would it? No, that'd no. be too he'd sentimental have to rename for Daryl. Yeah, he'd have to rename Now, if he found, like, a knife, he might re... Like, uh. if he... Uh, if Carol ended up dying and he found her knife and he rechristened it Sophia, sure, I could see that. Okay. Sophie, maybe. Fair enough. Uh, then we get Sophie to the escape scene uh, where everybody's escaping following Merle. And uh, people aren't too happy about this. Rick is definitely reluctant to follow him. Uh, and once they get out of the city, uh, well, A, they let a whole bunch of zombies in while they're escaping, and B, they meet up with Glenn and Maggie and Michonne, who are all very pissed to see Merle. Oh, yeah, which I thought that was pretty badass of uh, Rick's group. That's just like, we're going to pry open this fence that's keeping this town full of people protected, right? Yeah, that was awesome. Um, I don't know. This scene was good, in my opinion, like real good. I... The reunion scene? Some, for some reason, I really enjoy Merle just being a total racist dick the entire I, time. What? His I'm, particular flavor of racist dick is funny to me. It is funny. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll admit that it is, I get a chuckle. However, I felt like last season took great pains to show that Merle – there's more to Merle mm. than meets the eye. Merle can be charming when he needs to be. Merle can yeah. – be the voice of reason, especially when he's trying to manipulate people. And the writer's just like, fuck that. Have him make fun of the, you know, the black person and the Asian. And, yeah, you know, it's like it didn't seem to mix with what we saw last time. Well, and it doesn't suit his unless he wanted to drive a wedge, knowing that Daryl would side with him. Maybe. I mean, he did have the two most badass people standing between him and the people who wanted to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> so he could be a dick. But yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. He always seems to press that advantage a little too much, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, so how surprised were you? Okay, we're, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. When bit. he got pistol Sorry. whipped, I was not surprised, <laughs> and I was happy. Yes, yes. I was like, come on, somebody do this. Mm-hmm. Rick stepped up. He manned up and did it. Um, well, he's the rictator. We, we go over to uh, Herschel, who's back at the prison patching up Tyrese's group, uh, and Beth comes in with the baby. And then I don't know her name, but Tyrese's main squeeze or sister or something. I don't oh, even know the relationship. Shit, I want to say Anna. Anna? Keep going. I'll, okay. I'll look it up. Uh, she makes it totally awkward by asking about the baby uh, and asking about the mother. And then um, Tyrese tells him about <laughs> Jerry's backyard bunker, his kind of backstory and what their group has been through. And uh, Herschel thinks they're decent but tells him to not get too comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very good at giving that speech, I gotta say. Right. I mean, same thing he told Rick last season. Don't get too comfortable. Sasha, Sasha, Alan, and right. Ben. I th- yeah, I had. They say all their names this episode. Yeah. I just didn't pick them up. Um. So the heavy uh, weapons guy nicknamed his gun Sasha. We brought like some closure to this weapon nickname. Oh. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, not much to say else about that scene, um, unless you have something. Um, no. No. Although, I gotta say, I did like 
this uh, zombie survival fanatic element that they brought in here with like, oh, you never would have thought crazy dude down the road survivalist guy had the right uh, idea, but then, oh, he's got a bunker in his yard and we stayed there. Yeah. That saved us. Yep. Kind of funny. Um, so we go over to Rick again. Uh, his crew is deciding what to do with Merle and Michonne. And Daryl decides to leave if Merle can't stay. And Rick lets that happen. Uh, I was kind of shocked that he didn't say something to well he, to make this okay. <laughs> I mean, he tried, but I don't think there was anything like... There's certainly nothing he's going to say to Daryl that's going to get him to abandon his brother, and, right? And he was in a rock and a hard place. I mean, Merle's bad news, and that was before he beat Glenn and... Yeah. Some and and assaulted Maggie and all this other stuff. So you know he's and he's radioactive at this point. Yeah. So do you, do you like the trade off of keeping Michonne, Glenn, and Maggie and losing Daryl? Do you like that trade off? Uh, is the alternative bringing Merle in? Yes. The yes. alternative is to gather Merle and Daryl yes, and the other three sure. go for sure. Because for whatever okay. reason, I thought maybe. Uh, Merle would be turned off from the governor and maybe he'd be ready to, uh, you know, assimilate into the group and maybe there'd be a power struggle for him and, and uh, Rick later on down the line, he'd betray him. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the way it went down and the, how much gasoline he threw on that fire, I think this is inevitable. Yeah. I'm somewhat surprised Daryl made the snap decision, but he's got a lot of survivor's guilt. Uh, clearly, like oh, he said, I, I already left him once before. Yeah, and uh, there it was a very uh, uh, it. it, uh, I won't say a tearjerker. What's a guy version of a tearjerker? A beer jerker? (laughs) Don't want to know. It's a beer jerking scene, man. I wanted to reach for my brew and drown my (laughs) sorrows. I don't like seeing. I don't like seeing these uh, alpha males, uh, you know, fussing and feuding. Yeah, it's rough, rough stuff. Um. Take care of little ass kicker. Got me. Got a little dusty in the bulb gave. I love that they're still calling her ass kicker. I know, right? <laughs> it's awesome. They wrote it on the side yeah, of her the mailbox. The too. mail bassinet. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, okay. So we go back to Tyrese and his crew. They're taking Donna's body out to the yard. I do know the dead person's name. Nice. Donna. Um, they're taking it out to the yard, and I don't know this guy's name, but one of them decides that he wants to take over the prison. Because uh, he spots Carol and Carl standing guard and says, oh, it's a woman and a kid. It's either Ben or Alan. Ben, ben or Alan. Well, that's his full name, Ben or ben Alan. Ben Allen. Uh, but Tyrese, when uh, when Beth and Axel come out to give them tools, he kind of stops what's-his-face, Ben Allen, from jumping in there and killing both of them. Right. As he was probably going to do once he got those tools. And I got to say, these guys trying to go against Chad Coleman is kind of unbelievable. Because Shane I Coleman Tyrese oh okay Cuddy from the Wire yeah that's, that's all I know him as I feel like Chad Coleman is one of those dudes that's my archetype of the perfect man oh like, if I could I can pick, hook you guys up if I could pick a father <laughs> I'd want Chad to be my father wow. if I could pick like you know a wingman I want Chad as my wingman if I want some my second in a fight it'd be Chad yeah he like, might be the first in the fight like I if think. I if I if I envision a burly fireman kicking in the door is going to yeah. drag my fat ass down three flights of stairs I want it to be Chad Coleman sure. I kind of love Chad Coleman how do you like his uh his more sensitive type and I died in this I'm totally digging you that like too. I, too if he's a peacemaker uh, you know, he's an ass kicker. Uh, he is not he probably a good negotiator, though. 
Isn't he? You want William Shatner as your negotiator, well, not this guy. Because course. later on when he's talking with Rick and he's saying, oh, we want to stay, he, he gives up everything. He's like, we'll stay, we'll cook, we'll do the laundry, we'll get our own food, we'll stay out of your hair. Well, he's trying to show his genuineness. I get it, but you don't give up everything immediately. All right. I'm just saying. I Even little, I know that. I've got a little bit of a Chad crush going. You do. I've got a Chad chubby. <laughs> a chatty. Awesome. Uh, I, I thought it was funny that they said, oh, it's a kid and a woman, because they don't know what this group has been through, and right. they have no fucking idea what they're dealing with oh, with Carl if, Jr. If they, and, and boy, my God, flash forward a little bit in the episode, that look <laughs> the, as he's cradling yeah. a silenced pistol. I loved it. That is a fucking psycho. He will execute Ben. He will end Ben and Allen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't mess you with You can't Carl spell Jr. Ben without end, and that's how... <laughs> Carl Jr. would do it. Sure. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I thought that was um, pretty amazing. But they, they can take out Beth anytime they want. <laughs> She's useless, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, what is she doing at this point? Taking care of Ass Kicker? Well, and she is doing a damn fine job of that, although the yeah. way she her baby handling skills is questionable to me. Ooh. Like, she had, like, a reverse Gamora grip going <laughs> on there. Like, you know, somehow, like... Jiggling its head as maximum as possible and uh. holding its ass unstable. <laughs> and I just wanted to, like, ah, take the baby from her. Uh, that thing's going to grow up with scoliosis. <laughs> if it's lucky to grow up, it doesn't <laughs> dash its head on the cement. Oh, God. Maybe that's why it sleeps so much and never cries. She actually killed it a day ago. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> actually, zombie baby. Actually broke its neck. Nah, There's huge potential for a zombie baby here, right? Hmm, We've got an true. act living baby yeah but man on premises with that soft spot it hits the ground his brain's instantly gone it's not going to come back good point it would have to get bit i don't know how well beth could get taken out i no i'm saying beth's already done killed the baby by jiggling it Mm, okay she didn't respect the soft spot all right so rick's crew uh (laughs) for some reason in my notes i wrote ricky's crew (laughs) comes to a roadblock uh, and Glenn gets out and stomps a zombie to death. Oh my god, zombie Which, kill of the week. Where did Boom. this roadblock come from? Like, didn't they take... I assume uh, this was set up by Woodbury. But didn't they drive here? They, they drove in, they got. Oh. They left their home, it's like, are they taking the back roads to the prison? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's not like the tree fell over, there was a freaking car there. Well, this is just a consistent problem with uh, Walking Dead staging. It's just like, yeah. eh, fuck it, we need something to go, throw a couple cars in here. We need zombies to ambush them on the highway. Just, you know, I did. Ah, they, yeah. they, they don't really pay attention to making the action beats work, in my opinion. No, it's, but, hey, it's frustrating. It was cool to see Glenn stomp, uh, you know, cantaloupe style that zombie's head in. Oh, my God. The shot where they actually show him stomp it was disgusting. Greg Nicotero, man. Beautiful. The way they constructed that head <laughs> to stand up to a pretty close up. I wish I had a high def. I don't know. Maybe it looked fake mm, in high def, maybe. but I, I got the standard def feed. It looked gruesome. Yeah. Seeing awesome. that skull cave in. Um, so Glenn here is, is rightfully angry at Rick uh, for not letting him do in Merle, for letting Daryl leave, all of the above. Um, is this, a scene, has is this the Maggie. scene where he's like, oh, do you know what they did to Maggie? Yeah. And she's kind of just They made her start a Girls Gone Wild video. Yeah, I so does how much does Glenn know about what they actually did to Maggie? Because yeah. all they really did is humiliate and 
terrified Which her, is, right? Look, I don't want to come I, off no, like that's I'm, not nothing. I'm just fair and enough. Yeah. And it was terrifying and it was uncomfortable to watch. But does he think they did more to her than just that? Yeah. Surely she's told him what happened, right? Although, like, if that's your but, woman, but man. But Herschel much... says later, like, it feels like you're holding something back. Has Maggie told him everything? I don't know. I don't know. Did we see everything? Did they kind of cop out by not – I mean they didn't even imply that the governor raped her. No. They could no. have. They yeah. could have done the thing where he's taking his belt off and undoing his pants and then the yeah. door shuts. Or I mean there's cut the commercial. They didn't even imply that. So I was a little curious about that It just that seems well. like a little bit of an overreaction like on Glenn's part. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I can't fault Glenn. I'm just the way – but yeah, the way they're portraying it does seem like – He seems supremely angry. Yeah. But there again, if that was your woman, what would you? Yeah, how pissed no. off would you be? Especially since it's Fair fucking enough. Merle. Is that some stranger? <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, it, it's they've dealt with him before. Flashback violation. You know, he's been a, a dick to him before, and now he's a dick again. Yep. Uh, I was curious in the scene what "I'm done" means from Glenn. Does I, it just mean I'm done talking, or I'm done with this freaking group? I think it was the last. Like I'm done trying to reason with you people. Yeah. And I don't know if that means signals that he's going to maybe go a little rogue. In uh, upcoming episodes? I think if anybody's going to rein this guy in, it's going to be Herschel. Because yeah. he's got what I feel is the strongest bond with Glenn at this point. I mean, Well, he's, Glenn's like a him. son to him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Direct quote from the man himself. Yeah, so I don't know. Rick certainly isn't going to do it at do this you point because he's pissed at Rick. How Herschel continues to morph into Uncle Jesse from the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> no. Uh, he's got that little ponytail going. Like, he's going to eventually get on cover, coveralls and, <laughs> I don't know. Awesome. Them Dixon boys, up to no good. Uh, another missing hand joke in this scene. Rick says that this is the hand we've been dealt, and then he immediately talks about Merle. Mm. Uh, low blow. Low blow, guys. <laughs> Very insensitive. Uh, racist. So we go back to Woodbury, where your favorite character, Milton... Uh, Poindexter, as we like to call him, and mm-hmm. Andrea are talking about the governor. The whole town is a mass at the front gate, and they are pissed. They want to leave. The town is no longer safe. Which I, And the governor's just hanging out in his apartment. I remember putting chilling. on Facebook at the time, like, oh, my God, the Woodbury people are soft. Oh, yeah. Like, this is still – they have it so good compared yeah. to, you know, what's, what it's like on the outside. And these people surely know what it's like on the outside. Do they? I mean – do they remember? How long have they, have they been in there? Well, I mean, they got to hear the shots from the walls all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just felt like this is the one, felt a little Battlestar Galactica to me. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, I just thought that that's one thing the Moore did poorly in Battlestar is, number one, handle all the military aspects, but also... <laughs> number one, everything. People in crisis situations don't bitch that much it's kind of like the hierarchy of needs if your food water shelter aren't met you're not going to be talking about you know why can't you get cable television yeah yeah. so you know this is a minor lapse and it's been months and months and months and it's and it's also blame it's an outside type invasion i just felt like the townspeople taking to the streets and being up in arms was a little much well speaking of being up in arms the survivors get attacked. The Woodbury survivors get attacked. Oh, and my God. one of them God. gets their arm eaten. Yet another thing. Okay. I, I put this on Facebook, too. <laughs> oh, boy. So you're some dude in broad fucking daylight in the middle of an empty town square. Because they made yeah. they took great pains to get this establishing shot that he's in the middle of this broad street. Yeah. 
And you let a fucking walker sneak up and gnaw on you? It's like the entryway to, like, Disneyland or King's Island or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's massive. Yeah. And, yeah, the walkers, moaning and all, I'm sure. Well, they do this, you know, the run silent, silent run deep bit, uh, business. But still, how in yeah. the world do you let that happen? I, maybe he was gardening. He deserved I don't know. to be bit, is what I'm saying. He did. I'm going to put uh, it out there. And he deserved to get shot in the head when the governor comes out and, like and I said, blows him away. Outside of governor and his group of psychopaths, the Woodbury citizens are ripe for being taken, taken over and taken advantage of. That's what I was thinking of. The entire time... Uh, no, we'll get to it. We'll get to it later. Um, I do have a big question as to why Andrea is still sticking around. Why the hell, after everything she's seen, after they've tried to kill her friends, and later on after she knows that the governor held information from her about her friends being in the fucking city, uh-huh. why is she still there? Why is she trusting this guy? Oh. It is insane. Yep. Ugh. Especially when she knows where her friends are now. It's not like she'd be out there all alone. She could head toward the prison. So I'm, I am totally 100% off of the Andrea train at this point. She's annoying the crap out of me. Um, so we go back to Carol and Carl, who are keeping watch. Um, and Carol's talking to Carl about the sound of the old world. She misses the trucks and the gunshot. Oh, no, she gets plenty of gunshots here. <laughs> uh, but we get a glimpse of how bad Carl feels about how mean he was to his mother. Uh-huh. His dear old mom. Never listened to her. Always gave her crap. Always snuck out of the house. Uh, and he feels really bad about it. But before we can actually have a meaningful moment with him, the Hyundai rolls up and Rick breaks the bad news to Carol about Daryl not being there. She definitely doesn't understand. <laughs> And honestly, well-acted scene. Yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> there's a moment where Carl asked his dad about Oscar. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, well, sorry, son, Oscar had to go. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar was long, not long for this world. My girlfriend is the next one to couch, and she said, who's Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the – I just bust out laughing because I'm like, that's the damningest thing you can say about the way they handled that character. Oh, for sure. So. Um, anything else? Or let's keep going. Uh, ready to go. All right. If we go back over to Woodbury, a lot of jumping around in this episode. Uh, Andrea questions the governor's leadership methods, and the governor doesn't care. He's kind of set on what he's doing. And he's in full-on war mode. Uh, Andrea's rightly upset that he knew about her friends being there, but yet they're still going to do what they're going to do. This is a scene that really ticked me off with Andrea. Couldn't stand it. Mm -hmm. She needs to get a clue. Mm -hmm. Uh, Milton shows up quickly thereafter and asks the same thing that Andrea asked about the townspeople in the street. Why the hell aren't you out there doing anything about this? Uh, this to me is insane because the governor needs to keep his people, his people. Yeah. Like he can't go fight this war and lose this entire town. Yeah. Which it's ripe for someone as Andrea does at the end of this episode to come in and essentially win these people over from the governor. Yeah. I mean, she is in effect leading this town now. I feel like they're trying to show this, um, parallel between Rick and the governor. Where, yes, they are not acting in optimal leaderships, but they're also dealing with their own brand of crazy. The governor is suffering over the traumatic loss of, number one, his eye. Number two, his his daughter, which he had a really unhealthy relationship with. Mm-hmm. And he's having to process all this stuff. I mean, look at, you know, Herschel fucking 
left his whole family, wandered off the farm, and went back to boozing when his zombie family got murdered in front yeah. of his eyes. So there's a precedent to this. I'm not a fan, mm-hmm. but I can see why they're doing you know what they're doing structurally. Honestly, what I think they do with Rick at the end of this episode is far more damaging, but we'll save that for when you get there. Okay. Uh, my notes kind of go to shit after this scene, so I'm going to have to uh, <laughs> fill in my memory a little bit. Um. Yeah, so I don't know what this means, but I wrote, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) It's It's Carl, Carl, and he's seriously damaged. Uh, Rick and Herschel. Oh, this is where, this is the shot of Carl sitting on that table with the gun, just staring these survivors down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Rick and Herschel come through, which I think it is insane that they're keeping these people in the entry and exit way. Apparently the only entry exit way for their... Because if they have to get out, these guys can fuck with that. If they have to get in real quick, these guys can fuck with that. Eh, they're unarmed. They're only four guys. One of them is a hulking beast of That's a man. That's true. One of them is uh, is is all that is male. Uh, <laughs> so you've got me there. But man, I just can't say enough about Carl and yeah. uh, shit. What's the guy's? What's the kid's name? Uh, Chandler Riggs. Chandler Riggs. His go. performance. Uh, I take back everything bad I ever said about the kid, yeah. man. He's rocking the house. It's strong, and I think he's only getting it better. Like, I just don't I, – I wonder if uh, Mazzara injected his face with a massive dose of Botox or something because he's just <laughs> – Now, don't move. I can't. <laughs> right. Stone cold killer. Yeah. Love it. Loving awesome. it. I'm, I'm super happy to see that. I, I like, out of all the characters, probably I like his trajectory the most at the moment. What do you think about Ninja Her- uh, Herschel on those... Uh, Freaking amazing! He's like uh, parkouring his way down the steps. I know, I actually, I think this ties into a bigger theme of this group uh, in this season, is that these guys, despite all the losses that they've taken and the shit that they've been through, they're getting better. They're getting actually better at many, many things. Yeah. Like, they're, the wheat is being separated from the chaff here, and these guys are definitely wheat. I'm just saying on talent show, like on the prison the talent show when they get bored, he's going to do this stomp the yard routine with his crutches <laughs> and bring down the house, uh, man. River dance, Herschel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, so we're moving on. Rick goes to see his daughter. And uh, Beth says that he has Lori's eyes, and Rick totally freaks out. And then she, baby starts crying. He's like, she's got her shitty attitude, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not um, much to see there. What do you think about – is this a scene also where Beth kind of gives him the peck on the cheek? Or was that or the earlier part uh, when he returns? Because there's a, there's a surprising amount of people in our Facebook timeline being like, love triangle between Rick, Beth, and Carl? Oh, and like, disgusting. Are you fucking kidding me? Not even The Walking Dead would do that. I mean, I I hope they mean, I hope they mean that somehow uh, Carl Jr. will take offense or like get shitty yeah. with his dad over it. But if if like I'm not prepared for Andrew Lincoln to start macking on seventeen year old Beth, Beth right? Because I oh. bagged on Beth for being like thirty five last season. No, <laughs> no, no, no. She's very young. Yeah, creepy. Yes, uh, yes. don't want to see that. Although. If you're going to indulge in jail bait, what better place to do it than in prison? <laughs> oh, that is wrong on many levels. <laughs> you're there already. Ah, disgusting. Yeah, don't don't go down to Axel Road. No, not at all. Uh, we come back from commercial, 
and your favorite character, Milton. Ah, poor uh, He's trying to keep the people calm, and when things start to get ugly, Andrea jumps in to save him. <laughs> With her savage face. <laughs> <laughs> Just when things get, get ugly, Andrea's there. Yep. Uh, what? This, oh, God. How are you feeling about Milton? Milton? Fuck Milton. I want to talk about uh, Andrea's laughable run to be the new governor, her, her campaign speech. I think she's in there at the right time. <sighs> okay, well, what you thought her speech was persuasive? Uh, I thought it was what they needed to hear at the moment. God damn. Yeah. I don't know what to say because maybe it's just maybe that crazy. I've been watching House of Cards and there's so many fucking awesome political mm. speeches there in there. But I just thought that I don't know if it was a Lori Holden problem or if it was the writers not being able to get out of their own way. But I thought, felt like that speech was, you know, fell flatter than a pancake for was me. Was it too patronizing? What didn't, what didn't you uh, like about yes, it? Yes. And it, she I – mean, you have to portray this very serene confidence to, to deliver a speech like that. And Lori just came across as like uh, – the crazy lady trying to pass out the bead bracelets to you at the you know county's <laughs> festival. You know, it's like uh, this: the black beads for sin, and the white is for our perfect God. And it's like you know, she just—I don't know, man. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I didn't have a problem with that. I the the only thing Seriously. I had a problem with with Andrea's speech was the fact that she was fucking giving it. She needs to be out of that town. Yeah, she needs to leave because it's a horrible place. Right. But no, I I didn't have an issue. Hmm. Yeah, I I I was I thought as motivational speeches go, it was pretty scraping the bottom of the barrel for me. All right. Not moved. Not impressed. I was not impressed with Milton's speech. Not <laughs> one bit. Oh really? <laughs> Neither was anyone else. Oh God. I, uh, he just he clammed he's up. On, he's he's just nothing but a death watch for me right now. <laughs> death watch. Yeah. That's right. You got the the bet where you got to drink the. What is it? An entire half gallon of whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fifty-gallon drum of whiskey, yeah. Um, and swallow chase with horse tranquilizers. I think is what the what the listeners are saying now. Sure, but yeah, he's just all about my well-being of my liver. Yeah. He's, he's dead to me otherwise. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Beth goes. Uh, I'm sorry. Takes the baby to go see Carl, who's doing laundry. <laughs> no, Carl is not doing any laundry. Carol is doing laundry. Carl was holding the guns. Um, I thought this was an interesting scene because we know, obviously, from season one, Carol's history with abuse and men who abuse people, that she's saying it feels like they they make you feel like you deserve the abuse uh, and they really get into your head. Hmm. And, like, it seemed very much that that was the relationship she had with Ed in season one, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it, it felt very true to her character to say those things. Uh, and she said she'd like to think that if he came back, all of a sudden, uh, she would tell him to go to hell. But she's apparently not sure about that still. So some deep, crazy stuff there. Uh, this is where we get to see the baby in the old mail delivery box, which is probably the funniest thing I've seen in a while. Yeah. I mean, I understand it's a zombie apocalypse and you make do, but wow. They got a lot of mileage at a little ass kicker. I mean, that was like a throwaway line. Yeah. And it's, it's, it keeps delivering the goods. For sure. Uh, back to Herschel, who's checking out Glenn's face. Says it doesn't look so hot. <laughs> uh, when I want Maggie... a second opinion. You're ugly, too. <laughs> 
uh, Maggie walks by, and they exchange this bizarre look, which tips <laughs> yeah. Herschel off. Uh, and he goes to check on her. Uh, but not before he tells Glenn that he's like his own son. Yep. Deep, deep man stuff there. Oh, yeah. Uh, she doesn't want to talk about what's happened to her, and Herschel tells her that she's just like her mother. And he tries a rousing uh, rendition of Doodlebug. It just falls flat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Extended DVD scene, just five <laughs> minutes of Doodlebug right there. Heard just a stony silence. <laughs> we ought to make a, a video of that, like merge the Doodlebug, doodle, doodlebug with this Maggie-looking forlo- forlorn. Yeah. And then, or Carl staring with the gun. Yeah. And then back to him doing Doodlebug. Yeah. Let's make it happen, man. Awesome. Let's do it. Rule YouTube. Uh, all right. So uh, a lot of interesting interactions between these three here. I really like, probably of all the relationships, I like their triangle the most. Because you've got this kid who Herschel didn't care for and didn't want staying on his farm a season ago. Right. And now he's telling him he's like his own son because of everything he's done for Maggie uh, and for the group in general. And it, it really just brings home the, the changed relationships between all these people so strongly. I mean, um, I just love uh, – I love Herschel's character. Yeah. I'm so glad that uh, he did not die as a lot of people are speculating. Yeah, he's kind of a glue in this group. I was you know? about to say that, yes, he is, yeah. he is glue. Uh, Rick asks Herschel how long it will be before Michonne can travel, and he says a few days. Uh, and Axel mourns Oscar very briefly, and they begin to talk to Tyrese. Like, Axel, just a one line about Oscar. Apparently didn't like the guy or care for him that much. There again, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, Rick finally comes out and talks to them. And, oh, God, this is where everything goes wrong. You want to talk a little bit about this scene? Um, I, You know, it's like it begins with Rick violently muzzle-sweeping everyone. Yeah. But that just lets you know he's Rick Grimes. That's not any aberrant behavior. And then he starts, like, literally, like, ah, ah. I mean, it's like Tasmanian devil mode and just, like, growling and making guttural noises. And he looks up at this, and we see what's supposed to be Lori um, insanely backlighted in his prison. And, and Rick's screaming at her to get out. You shouldn't even be here. And the group takes that literally and tells those people to get out. Yeah. Well, kind I mean, of. I mean like, it's I, borderline. I love her. Uh, Tyrese is like, we're going. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, fuck this. You better just get out of here. This man. guy's it's like crazy. swinging this 357 around. Um, also, by the way, you nailed Tyrese in your little uh, mid season skit. His voice? Yeah. Really? Yeah. When he's like, when he's saying, like, we're going. That's a, that was a gym. I can't even do it as good as you. Give me a good, we're going. I'm uh, out of here. I, I can't, man. I don't know. You got to psych yourself like. up into Tyrese mode. Yeah, I do. Uh, and so, again, I had, just like I had a problem with him falling apart and going psycho after Lori died, you can't do this as a, a leader of men and women. Yeah, he won't be a leader for long if he keeps doing this. No. Actually, he shouldn't be a leader anymore after that freak out. I mean, this is the third psychotic break in as many episodes, right? He he had one entire long one at the end of the Lori episode, the, yeah. the, or uh, the following Fiesta episode. Yeah. Um, he had one when he saw Wolver Shane. 
now he's seeing Lori, and it just felt so soapy to me. Yeah, I mean, it certainly has felt over the top each time that he's done it. And if you think about it, Glenn has been there for all of them, hasn't he? No. Yeah. Well, he has been. He didn't know about Wolver Shane. Right. Because uh, he, you know, yeah. he, he was beaten almost to unconsciousness by the, that point. But but he he was there for the ringing phone. I mean, he's not – no, sorry, not for the ringing phone. But when he's gone crazy in the hallways, uh, he's the one who – tried to go save him almost got killed right uh and now he's back here at the prison with him screaming and yelling i think glenn has turned totally against rick at this point he thinks he's crazy he's not letting him take out merle uh or the governor the way that he wants glenn is no longer on rick's side in my opinion Hmm. so what's going to turn what's going to turn that around uh I like I said before, Herschel's the glue of this group. I think if anybody's gonna keep Glenn uh, yeah, that's the ace in the stuck hole. to the prison, it's gonna be Herschel. Yeah. All right. Uh <laughs> a very much needed son remark at that point, I'd say. Mm-hmm. All right. I buy it. Uh but that's it. That's the end of the episode. We get crazy crazy ghost Lori. And he screams, I can't help you. I thought that was interesting too. Had a lot of funny comments on Facebook about that. I think it oh, was I uh, uh, was it no was it Noel that said the uh, there's no way that's Lori. She's blocking too much light. No, no, I actually noticed that she's not as thin anymore. No, the the, the skinny on that. Ha ha ha. The skinny ha. on that is that I guess that was not Sarah Wayne Call. What Callie is? Callie is what? Because there's like bullshit. The, because she did an interview. With she's saying that was because they put her in a dress. I saw, got her, yeah, really. I saw two different two different sources say that that was a body double because Bullshit. they wouldn't they wouldn't fly her in just for one episode. No, nope, not true. Mm. According to Sarah Wayne Callies herself. Hmm. Well, then I guess I'm 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 wrong. Maybe but, I've uh, I've got the the source that I'll cite later, but that's in the feedback. Right. Which, no, it was Noel. She goes, that couldn't have been Laurie. The ghost was blocking too much sunlight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually thought she was looking better. Like, she was too oh, thin hell yeah. before. Like, I, if that is her, she has yeah. really put on weight in a good way. Yes. In an Aaron-friendly way. She looks more like a woman, less like a skeleton. Yes. Like a, you know, she looks less like a zombie in afterlife than she did during her last days on earth. <laughs> yep. Although a lot of people, a lot of people on Facebook said, uh, face, uh, wondered if people had lost deliberately lost weight because the main cast continues yes. to look skinny. Like Beth is looking super skinny. Rick is yeah. looking super skinny. And Andrea, have you, did you see Andrea's veins in her arms? No. Like it looks I like she's been working she out and losing a ton of weight. I've always thought she had kind of veiny arms. She does, but they're extremely veiny now. <laughs> Huh. She looks like she's losing weight. Yeah. Um, all right. I think we have a shout out to do before we get to the listener feedback. Yeah, we do. Our sponsor, uh, sponsor Audible uh, at audiblepodcast.com slash bald move. You can get your free sample of one of the 100,000 complete downloadable titles that they have, their audiobooks online. And I'm actually making some personal use in this, getting caught up for uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um I'm using it to get caught up on the uh, A Feast for Crows, which is the fourth book. Because they've got this Feast th- for Crows. They got this awesome feature. I prefer to read a book when I can. Um, but I have in the past done this thing where I listen to the book on tape or the book on C D and mm-hmm. then try to when I get home sync up and figure out where I'm at in the book. 
Well, they've got this thing where they synchronize with the Kindle's WhisperSync technology. So if you've got a Kindle, you can read to a certain chapter, even in the middle of a chapter, middle of a paragraph, stop, get in your car, get your uh, audible.com uh, widget for your iPhone or your Droid, yeah. Yeah. and start resuming, and the thing will read it to you from that point. And then that you get, is sweet. Then you get back home, and your Kindle will sync back to the point where you left off in the car. It's yeah. the ultimate. It's it's a killer application, I think. I'm 100% in agreement here. Like and I said, it's amazing. they've got all of the, uh, the the Game of Thrones series online and 100,000 other titles. Uh, if you haven't tried it out, uh, it really helps us out. It helps keep the cast free. Audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove to get your free download, uh, your free Audible uh, download. Free as in beer? Free as in beer, not free as in speech. Okay. Because you can't just, like, give it away to millions of other people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. All right. Let's get to listener feedback. All right. The section where the people who write in love to hear themselves in. Okay. Uh, we've got Lee in London starting out. All right. He's got – can I just say we got several novel-length emails this time. Yes. And I left a bunch of this one in here, so bear with me. I think he makes some good points. Uh, and there's some funny stuff in here. So, starting off, Rick Rick's accent. I genuinely thought Rick's accent was a decent American accent, but then again, I'm an Irish guy living in London. So what do I know? It was quite the revelation to hear that his accent was indeed ropey. Ropey. I like that. I like the word, but I've I'm only not... heard ropey used contextually. In context it makes of jizz. <laughs> <laughs> his accent is indeed ropey. And your frequent lampooning of it has had me laughing aloud on occasions, uh, usually while out for a run. Keep it up. Uh, season. I love the idea of uh, an Irishman running, doubled over with laughter, getting strange looks. I, yeah. Like the fact that I can do that from halfway across the world, that's, that's power you can't buy, son. <laughs> <laughs> Point number two. Season three ups the ante in a very good way, but series two did have some redeeming features. Season 3 is stronger than Season 2, but I did appreciate the fact that Season 2 devoted a significant amount of time to showing how his characters react and respond to very stressful situations. Sure, it was dragged out, uh, and I would add shitty and annoying, but I felt that without Season 2 taking the time to show you how Maggie and Glenn's relationship developed, and indeed Daryl's own insecurities about his role in the group, the emotional impact of Series 3 would have been lessened. Uh, Sure, it could have been faster-paced, and even more evenly structured, but by the end of Season 2, I felt that I truly knew the main characters and felt that they were believable, albeit flawed people, rather than comic book characters that they so easily could have been become if the season was an act- as action-oriented as the third, where there is comparatively less character development for characters like Daryl, Carol, etc. Uh, yeah, I, I buy that point. Um, I think that they have done some neat things with Season 3 that couldn't have been done without Season 2, but I'm not confident that they had that idea in their heads in season two. And my idea is they said season two, what can we do with this bucket of shit? And they pulled out the corn kernels, washed them off and recycled them for season three. Yeah. I really, I mean, again, if you, that is a valid take, but still season two had so much fat. I know. And very little meat and bone. So, like, yeah. if even that's true, they could have done that in, like, seven or eight episodes and not 13. Yeah. Which one day we're going to prove when we do the bald move edit of season two. <laughs> that's the no blink edit, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he's got a third point here that says the show needs Daryl. Says Daryl is with good reason a fan favorite and all around badass, but for me, he is also an anchor for the group in a similar way to Rick, where Rick provides leadership and drives the group to make and understand the need for difficult decisions. Daryl gives stability and resourcefulness, as well as having his own issues to deal with. Um, he says he never lets these things get in the way of the group's survival, exemplified by the fact that he covered their escape in season finale before going to find Merle. Um, also, Daryl demonstrates that he can be both empathetic in his pursuit of Sophia and coldly logical. Um, he's much more than Rick's right-hand man. He is someone the group can look up to for different reasons to why they look up to Rick. Uh, I buy that. I think Rick is a different type of leader, and Daryl is kind of a just a silent badass. Yep. Um, and leads by example. Yeah. Rick will do some weird he's shit the perfect, and then say, do this. He's the perfect lieutenant. Yeah. But I don't think he could be... Better than Riker? I don't... Well, he was a commander. Yeah, but he was the right-hand man. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's number one. He's the the ultimate right-hand man, I think. And But uh, but un, unlike Riker, was not. I don't think he's fit for command. <laughs> Who Riker's not fit for command? No, no, Daryl. Uh, Daryl. I don't think Daryl could be the leader. I think he would run fast yeah. if he was ever thrust in that position. He doesn't want to be. No. Uh, and that's part of his problem. And the reason he's sticking with Merle is because he doesn't want to be. You know, mm-hmm. but he still feels that loyalty. Uh, next up is Jasper. It says, my overall thoughts are, holy Jesus, Lori. <laughs> Looks scary as hell in that scene. Am I right? Didn't she look scary? Uh, he didn't really see much of her. She was just say, a figure. I don't think she looked scary. She just, but again, I was va- so annoyed by that fucking scene. Yeah. Uh, he goes on, and shitty Bow Girl died. Yes! I thought it was funny we how she just dropped that. and Daryl left his family. Yeah, uh, well, and, there's a couple and takes again, on that. again, her... her- <laughs> Even in death or short shorts, man. <laughs> we, like, very close to I missed to her dying. Really? Yeah, I think I was taking down notes. How did you miss her Daisy Dukes and her, like, giant legs sprawling before us? <laughs> I have to go back and watch it because it sounds we're like hilarious. a half. We're like a one more. If she rolled up those shorts one more, we'd have seen Cooter. Wow. They All might right. have digitally unrolled it. Just so, you know, because it didn't pass the censor uh, board. Gotcha. Sounds like my kind of show. <laughs> Uh, Mike B says, I just don't understand why in this season no one talks. It just seems like if anyone ever talked about anything, they could be more productive. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like the things that are happening are only happening because the script says so. Also, Rick going crazy again. Gotta say, worst episode of the season. Harsh. He doesn't like it at all. Mm -hmm. Of the season, he's right, actually. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. Run away, worst episode of the season. Because the first half of the season was good. Yeah. Uh, Vernon M says, Hey guys, big fan out the show. Big fan out the show. Yeah. Coming out the show. Big fan <laughs> came across this major plot spoiler that we're not going to read. Uh, thanks Vernon. M. we'll get to that later. Uh, Thaisa says Merle's flavor of racism is just divine. Laughed out loud at the chains moment or chains comment about Michonne. But did I detect a hint of attraction there? Uh, he did call her a Nubian queen, and his comment to Daryl about him going native, quote-unquote, had a teeny hint of jealousy to it. She'd break him in half, and he'd like it. <laughs> I agree with that. All right, yeah. She probably would. I'll co-sign, too. Uh, did you pick up on that, though? Because there's a scene in the the new promo that kind of made me think that, too. But th- granted, that was after I had read this email. Oh, 
No, I so I didn't I I hadn't read the email and I didn't pick up on it. So okay, I think she's onto something though. All right. Um, she also says, "Little ass kicker, not a Grimes. Keep a close watch on the development of those lobes." <laughs> we had uh, Eric T from Facebook said the same thing. So when Rick was looking a baby ass kicker, I really thought he was sizing up her lobes. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, uh, and finally, she says, so annoying that Lori appears just as Cuddy from the cut, which apparently you told me that kind of means from the hood or something. Yeah. I'm too white to know. Yeah. Uh, gets a chance to plead his case. After getting a taste of Herschel's patented don't get too comfy here treatment, uh, was it me or did Lori's face look chewed up within the shadows? It would be kind of uh, cool if Rick's vision of Lori's were walkerfied. I had low def and uh, kind of dark screen, so I don't know. <laughs> Hmm. No, I, 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 I'm the same way. I That's one thing that annoys the shit out of me about my cable is they don't get AMC in uh, high def. Also, I have the same Samsung you do, and the plasmas are kind of dark there. You can't really yeah. tell. Yeah. So like, maybe on like an LCD or LED. I, I don't know, but I mean, I think my dark levels are appropriate. I, yeah. I, I have to keep adjusting them, but it's it's when it's dark and standard def, it comes out really muddy. Yeah. You know... But dark and like Blu-ray is fucking awesome. Jorge A says, so, they, so AMC needs to start sending us Blu-ray screeners. Definitely. Anybody listen out there? I don't think they send Blu-ray screeners to anybody. Well, they should. They want to put their best foot forward here. Uh, I guess. Shamble their best foot forward. Uh, Jorge A says, Sup, fellas, this episode was like an emotional attic on speed, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that as well as Aaron, but I tried. I had a kill on speed, man. <laughs> no, I, I fucked it up. Too yeah, much pressure. Too, yeah, I know. I God damn you for putting too much pressure on me. Because now we have three stories to follow. The Rictator, the Dixon duo, and now the Governor faction. That's a good point. Three stories, mm. man. Well, there's another what are your guys? One. Oh, go ahead. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this? And even though most likely in the end they will all become one story again, just about the survivors, how do you feel if they just made two shows the regular Walking Dead and the story of the Dixon duo. Do you think they'd be strong enough for each show? I don't know, man. I think, um, you know, from what we learned of Daryl's relationship with his, with his brother in uh, last season, which was one of the standout episodes when Daryl fell down the... Yep. Uh, fell off his horse. Had, had his own little psychotic break uh, falling down that gorge. Uh, I don't know that they have the rosiest of relationships. Oh, certainly not. And, you know, I think that Daryl... Or Merle made Daryl the tough son of a bitch he is, but yeah. I don't know that he's especially thankful for that. No, I, I agree 100% with that. Do you think they could support two shows? I feel like spinoffs almost never work. Nope. <laughs> almost never. Uh, Tom from the D. And I know I'm going to get a lot of people saying, oh, but Deadwood worked, or whatever it's called. Torchwood, rather. Deadwood. <laughs> Torchwood worked. I don't know that it did, did it? Uh, well, I mean, they've successfully spun off a bunch of different series in that universe. I don't know. Successful is, I guess, a relative opinion. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like they're doing they're it. Already. I mean, it's it's working. They're, they've had, like, well, how many? Like, five now? The Whovians are particularly rabid fans. Wait, that has nothing to do with Doctor Who, does it? What? Torchwood? Yeah. What? Yeah, that's a Doctor Who spinoff. Get the fuck out. No, dead serious. I thought all there's like tons of Torchwood spinoffs. I had, and of course, I'm like a, I'm a Who newbie. I'm a Who virgin. Yeah, a Whovie. So one of these days I'll get my Who Cherry popped, but uh, I got a lot of I got a lot of other stuff to plow through first. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tom from the D. The D is Detroit. oh that reminds me before we go on. So I'm in the middle. I'm 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 almost finished with season one of Oz. Yeah, 
And I found myself because it's it's the reason I started is because it was the number one you know Seppenwald cited as it's the grandfather of all the modern Golden Age television shows. Sopranos, bitch. No, but it's 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 pretty clear that if Oz wasn't a success, they would have never had Sopranos. Wow. Okay, so it's kind of like the prototype. But there's a lot to be critical of, um, and there's a lot of missteps. And what I find myself is like. 20 minutes into episode, I'm kind of bored and wanting to surf Reddit and surf Facebook. And, you know, but then by the time that the credits roll, I've found myself absorbed into it. But I'm kind of on the fence because it's hard for me to get excited about watching a new episode because I don't have that. There's not like a, you know, what will happen next because they're all kind of standalone vignettes too. Oh, okay. Uh, so for so so for fans that are fans of quality television, have seen the whole series. Should I stick with this, or should I move the? De- would I be better suited to go to Deadwood and then mm-hmm. Sopranos, and then go back to see Oz? You know, at some point. Man, I find future. it hard to recommend a show that doesn't end. That just like got canceled. Oz like did, Deadwood. Oh. No, that's yeah. Well, but I read. I I felt the same way. But um, I read Seppenwall's book, and he actually thinks that the way they left it was a very good ending. Oh. Kind of like huh. if you imagine Breaking Bad ended at season four, if that was a plan, <laughs> that would be a reasonably satisfying end, sure. right? Yeah. So, so, so don't that's... fuck it up, Villigan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just kind of appreciate the fans, just personally, because I know a lot of people have emailed me and I've given them tips on the wire and getting into Justified yeah. and pay that back. Should I, you know, steer me right? Should I stick with Oz or should I bail and go to Deadwood? Okay. So thank you. I appreciate that. Tom from the D. Says, hey guys, welcome back. Well, I thought the return episode was pretty good. He kind of liked it. Uh, here's some points I noticed. Uh, he also raised a glass to shitty go- shitty bow girl getting killed. Uh, thank God she's gone. Did <laughs> Thank God she's gone? I didn't hate her that much, but apparently I, you did. Uh, yeah, I mean, she fucking's an ear tucker. <laughs> she's right. she doesn't in know a zombie a apocalypse she's she's wearing short shorts rolled up sleeves and tucking her ears into her hat and she's bragging about being an olympic archer thank god and she's she, dead and she fucking can't hit a zombie from like 10 yards fuck her yeah i'm glad she's dead all right fair enough i'm glad i mean i'm not fiesta glad but yes uh i agree with this zombie kill of the week has got to go to glenn for curb stomping that one to death of course uh, coolest bad – I don't agree with this at all. Coolest bad guy moment was the governor walking out, killing the wounded guy, and leaving without saying anything. That was pretty badass. It was – it definitely was the coolest bad guy moment because it was the only bad guy moment. They shut the crowd up. What? Nah, what about Merle, Merle's yeah. racist tirade? Fair enough. I don't Merle know if that's cool. coolest badass. <laughs> he's, the, he's the coolest, <laughs> the coolest imper- racist tirade. He's the coolest imperial cyclops. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Uh, Rick reminded me of my dad. When he said, you want me to turn this car around line, uh, arguing with Glenn. That was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Uh, And he says he's kind of sick of The Last Samurai. Why can't she just open her mouth? I think I have a fiesta when she gets taken out. uh, We we are all about fiestas. Who who are we? Last Samurai. Michonne? Michonne? No, I wouldn't. I... He just wants her to speak. Speak, I agree. They are really fucking that character up. Yeah. And like, there's something to be said for silent but strong types. It's funny because the first but time I we, we registered our displeasure at that, there's a whole bunch of apologists like, well, you know, she's kind of like that in the comic book, and you know, there's a, I don't see, in, there's nobody in our feedback saying that now. There's because, just no again, justification she, for not saying anything when people's lives are on the line. Use your big girl words, right? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. 
Joe E says, I have a bad feeling about the second half after last night. Uh, I also found this article in which Sarah Wayne Callie says Mazera and company had even worse ideas for the hallucination that she shot down. One of those ideas, no. according to Sarah Wayne Callies herself, and tell me if you think this is worse. She says, there was talk about Lori showing up as a zombie, but her being a, hal- a hallucination. And then she and Rick would have a conversation about something, and I remember being pretty vocal about that. I was like, I think talking zombies is bad for the show. <laughs> okay, would that... 100% agree. Talking zombies would have jumped the shark. Even in a hallucination. Come on. That's too much. Uh, Someone on the end of a ringing phone, I can buy. Part of me says wants to say that that might have worked better than the silhouetted from behind wedding dress, Lori, I, radiant of light, and on and paper, none of it worked. On paper, none it of it might be but better. None of it worked. It's right. like you know. I think it would have been way worse. It sounds terrible. All right. Well, I'm indifferent. You're thank saying you, way Sarah, worse. Thank you, Sarah, for so. shooting that down. There you go. Are you, are you regretting a fiesta now? <laughs> but uh, uh, interestingly enough, even though we agree, ever, everyone sounds like this is, you know, by consensus. You know, there's there's some outliers here and there, but the worst episode of season three. Do you know how many people watched it last night? No. 12.3 million. Oh, shattering the record. A third from of last our season. audience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god yeah like i think the record for last season was 10 point something or other so yeah. it's like it grew i mean 20 percent growth on this shit already the biggest show on amc and they're still raking in the people yeah uh do you want to read this next one because it is completely unedited and you said you liked it so Wait, where, where this is lauren from down under uh Shit, I was keeping pat, and then I switched on to tab to look up the the uh, statistics. Oh, no. um, oh yeah, I didn't mean I, was, I meant to, to edit uh, some of this down, but uh, anyway, <laughs> it's obscenely long <laughs> for for the show. I enjoyed reading it. Uh, she said, first of all, she uh, as a fan, despite the fact that we spoiled the shit out of Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead. Uh, sorry about that, but like that's kind of our philosophy is that. We only deal with spoilers in the show universe itself. Like we might spoil Breaking Bad for you in The Walking Dead. We might spoil The no. Walking Dead and Breaking Bad. We'll we'll do better at that. We will not Really? Yes, because that is horrible. I would be so angry if I were in like season two of Breaking Bad and I'm listening to season three of Walking Dead and they spoil season four of Breaking Bad for me. All I know is when they beheaded Ned Stark, <laughs> it was a <laughs> You fucker. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, I like – she has – so she took our comic book, our Wolver Shane theory, and she went crazy with it, which I adore. Uh, she said uh, – she couldn't stop thinking about our uh, Wolver Shane theory. Said clearly the writers are trying to draw some very sketchy comparisons here. That or they're saying that Rick is even further off the reservation than we thought. But she says Shane is totally unworthy of being Wolverine since that badass and generally awesome title clearly belongs to Daryl. However, if we accept the writer's ridiculous premise of Wolver Shane, it follows that Rick is Scott Summers slash Cyclops. No, <laughs> because of the group's uh, uneasy alliance with Wolver Shane, because they have the thing for the same woman, Lori, aka Jean slash Phoenix. Daryl is rogue. Lori slash mom jeans slash Phoenix. <laughs> Daryl is rogue because that sums up his nature, and he's and and she's a Southern Belle. And she puts parenthetically, I'm sure whatever wherever he's from, Daryl is the Southern catch. Michonne would be Storm because they're both pretty kick-ass, although sadly Michonne is not nearly as articulate or forthcoming as Storm. <laughs> Herschel could be Charles Xavier 
He's way hairier than Charles Xavier, number one. <laughs> a Chia Pet version of Charles Xavier. Yes. Uh, Herschel could be Charles Xavier at a stretch, most because he's older and a wiser voice. Clearly, they're the X-Men in a parallel universe, and Kirkman Mazera are just a front. Wow. Uh, so that tickled me, and I had to read it as yeah. a fan of comic books in general. No, I like it. Um, and then she asked a zombie science question for us. Oh. Um... She wonders, and I guess Greg Craig Ferguson asked Stephen Yun. Is it Yun? Yun. Yeah, I don't know how you I say I butchered his last a shit out of his name, and I'm, I'm sure there's people annoyed, but I don't care. Uh, do zombies poop? Stephen mm. thought yes, although not necessarily for any reason discussed behind the scenes. My gut, pun intended, instinct was no, but then when I thought about it, I realized I've never seen a fat zombie before. Although I'm fairly new to zombie verse, that said, if their digestive mouth and stomach functions reanimate in the most basic sense, it makes sense that the food goes somewhere because once they're eaten, they're not sated for life, right? Their hunger is presumably yeah. eternal unless they eventually starve to death. So thoughts? So what I think happens is I think they're shoving food in their face fast as they can. They're basically pushing it through yeah. their through their digestive tract, yeah. and it just forces as they eat more, it forces what's left out the other end that and like uh corpses explode okay like yeah. in, in the natural uh world when you die gases uh, build gases up. build up mm-hmm. microorganisms release carbon dioxide and your gut can literally explode Kaboom. and you see a lot of zombies with their like their midsection blown out that's probably yeah. what's happened to them and then the meat would just fall it's they're literally a bottomless pit yeah but i'm with you i think eventually the <laughs> The meat pressure <laughs> yeah. combined with it rotting and the gas action is going to cause Ugh. them to – basically, if you have the bad flu and it's coming out of you both ends, <laughs> that's zombies 24-7. That's disgusting. They got rotten meat coming out of their mouth. They got rotten meat blown out their ass. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's go to Alex's email. Um, <laughs> he, he comes up with a pretty nice analogy here to describe this episode. Yes. He says, this episode is like when you strain real hard to get a na- nice, satisfying fart out, but then a little piece of poo comes out. What a disappointment. We call that around here a shart. Shart. Yes. Disgusting. Uh, so he apparently didn't like the end of this episode either. So he's with you. Uh, Rachel in Cleveland says, why are the writers forcing unnecessary drama? Uh, this episode felt like it was trying to bite off more than it can structurally chew. There's already built-in suspense from the beginnings of Rick versus the governor battle. Do we really need the extra drama piled on top? No one is worried that Daryl and Merle are gone for good. Of course not. Everyone knows they're coming back. Uh, no one thinks that Tyrone's... Tyrone? Tyrese. Yes. Uh, Tyrese's group has been banished from the prison. Nope. I think they're coming back too. You are correct. Yeah, so it's like if we all know this, it's kind of like the same thing. It's like, so if they had SWC on set, why the fuck is the crazy backlighting? Like, were they trying to keep us in suspense about whether it was really Lori or who he was seeing? Yeah, well, they did the same Again, thing with it felt the zombie, very right? Like, the zombie that may or may not have eaten her last time. Yeah, last although season. we had some good feedback about that. We did, yeah. The psychotic break, dude, the... Uh, the <laughs> The uh, expert that tried to claim he wasn't an expert, I forget his name. This is why we should have a good feedback engine. Um, but, yeah, that that led to a nice theory. Maybe he'll write back in with uh, an elaboration on how Ghost Lori fits in with this whole general scheme, too. Okay. I encourage that. Uh, she also says, slow down with Rick. Uh, there's little gratification in seeing the group's leader have big, scary breakdowns because the bigger and faster the breakdown, the faster it resolves, and there's no tension in that. Agreed. When I, when I watch Rick freak out over Ghost, Ghost Lori, all I think is 
well, they'll burn this story arc out in seven episodes. She has no anxiety over how this is going to affect the group. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. They're, they're doing too much too quickly. And I got more thoughts on that in the spoiler section. Okay. Uh, we're going to Silvio. Oh, we'll get her predictions, man. Are they good? Sorry, I jumped over him. Uh, okay, so she has two predictions. First one's just a straight-up prediction. Uh, Andrea brings Poindexter with her when she inevitably rejoins Rick's group. So that's the Aaron that River apocalypse. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah you're voting would kill for me. him to die. So you're, voting, you're, you're basically predicting alcohol poisoning for me. <laughs> Way to go, Rachel. Uh, ultra prediction. Andrea exploits a... Andrea exploits the feud between Rick and the governor and rises to take control of Woodbury. What do you think of that? I like that because she's already moving in. Plus uh, that speech today. Plus they can leave Andrea behind in Woodbury and march on wherever they're going to go. And yeah, just be done although the only thing I got a problem with that Rachel is if that would happen, why wouldn't Andrea just let Rick and the group move in? Yeah, and then they would just you know. Maybe it's a Merle and Glenn situation where the people of Woodbury say, you killed our friends. You can't stay here. But, I mean, a lot of that was bullshit. Like, the governor credited three separate deaths yeah. that his own people caused. And and what's funny is even the governor didn't know one of them uh, <laughs> that Merle had killed. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. What's it, what was his name? I don't know. Didn't care. Yeah. Well, Merle, <laughs> I mean, he, he didn't bother to learn the guy's name after he killed him, so I'm going to follow suit. But, yeah, I mean... Most of the carnage was a direct result of, uh, you know, either having to save Glenn and Maggie from being dropped in a sc- the screaming pits, uh, or uh, they were inflicted by Woodbury thugs themselves. So, yep, interesting. I think you could m- maybe sell that. That's something people would buy. I agree, especially these rubes. <laughs> Silvio says, "My first reaction was skeptical. Please don't take it the wrong, Aaron." But when I heard your first... Oh, so he's a new listener, by the way. Oh, yeah. It says, please don't take it the wrong way, Aaron, but when I first heard your voice intonation, I thought for sure it was going to be attached to a very cool, very cynical, know-it-all asshole. Nailed it. Completely. Nailed me. Yeah, he understands you. Yeah, like he's the Aaron Whisperer. <laughs> uh, but then he, he explains later that, yeah, he turned around on that. He also wanted yeah. to know if we have ever planning a trip to central part of Florida, home of the East Coast giant white-gloved rat. <laughs> Uh, Actually, I was specifically going there for that. Is that the, is that, yeah, is that the state animal? Uh, it's very I don't know. Grandiose. White-gloved rat. They're talking about Mickey. He's talking about Disney World. Oh! Jesus, man. Oh. Get a clue. <laughs> well, see, I've never been to Disney World. <laughs> okay. Disney's dead to me. I know. I and, and I wasn't allowed to watch Disney cartoons when I was growing up, too, because they had featured magic, and my mother was oh, a Oh, got one of them. Fantasia. That's like it. What? Almost uh, all of the Disney cartoons featured magic. Oh, oh, I was talking about Mickey. Oh, no, movies. no, no. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I, I don't really have a special. So it's like that total. I thought he was talking about a real, <laughs> a real. It's like, well, maybe the paws are white. I mean, that seems <laughs> no. kind of weird. Get out of here. But uh, we just recently had a meetup in Boulder. We'd love to have yeah. more. It's just that. It's uh, really just wherever we happen to go, we're yes. probably going to do meetups. Yes. If, uh, so that's... if something cool is happening in east uh, central part of Florida, let us know. Yeah, or anywhere else for that matter. Yeah. Uh, Andrea from England says, I was very pleased to see Merle and Daryl go off together for a little while. It works for me on several levels. And I will not read those. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) It makes sense as a decision the characters made. Uh, Daryl wasn't going to leave his brother, and Rick couldn't force him to. Better to have Daryl and Merle as allies elsewhere in the local area than Merle further uh, destabilizing the group. I agree with that. Following the main cast as it is, 
split into three groups could benefit the rhythm of the show. It allows for more configurations of the different groups coming into conflict and working together and means individual episodes can cut from action with one group to reflective time with another rather than entire hours that are either all action or all reflection. I actually like that. That yeah. actually um, – we, Well, we, we, we thought, thought that, that worked so well season. with Andrea and Michelle. Yes. Yeah, cutting back and forth. Yeah, 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 totally. And it, it avoids the farm syndrome where everybody's in the same spot and it's a bottle with everybody and nobody gets really serviced well. Yeah. I've been looking forward to seeing the Dixon brothers together for a long time, and it'll be nice to figure out their dynamic when nobody is trying to kill one or both of them, which means they kind of have to be alone for a little while because I think right now the only fighter besides Daryl who does not want to kill Merle is Andrea, uh, which is surprising considering uh, everything Merle represents. Uh, Speaking of Andrea, do you guys think the scales are finally falling off of her eyes just a little? Hell no. I think she's still on board 100% with Governor. If she didn't kick him in the balls and leave the minute he told them that Glenn and Maggie was there. But do you think her loyalty is swaying more from, and I think that's the the, the point. Yes, I do. Uh, It's it's, it's not as much for the Governor as it is for the people, the innocent rubes and jackasses of Woodbury. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm just, it's frustrating. That she hasn't just kicked him in the dick right. yet. Um, we're going to Facebook. You're doing this. Yeah, Facebook this is my thing, right? I, Phil I, Z. I, I, got, I got a couple of uh, choice. Uh, you know, we have like hundred plus comment <laughs> thread. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. It's awesome, but we don't have time to read it all. But I, I got Phil Z. He had one uh, multi-part point. He said, I think I figured out why Glenn is acting so weird. While they're prisoners of Woodbury, he kept his mouth shut about the location of the other survivors, even when he thought that the governor was. Or had, had and was going to rape Maggie. I suspect this is largely because Glenn thought himself a coward when he froze in combat during season two, when they went into town to uh, retrieve drunken Herschel, and he's trying to redeem himself. Maggie went back into Woodbury with the rest of the Daryl rescue party, which he was unable to do. Now Herschel is telling him how proud he was for taking care of Maggie and how he couldn't stand if something worse had happened to her, and how he's almost like a son to him. Glenn has to deal with a double helping of guilt both for his in his own mind cowardice from season two and from being willing to let the woman he loves be harmed for the good of the group while at the same time being unable to put himself in harm's way the poor guy can't catch a break what do you think oh man that's a good take i think that's a great analysis i love it and it explains why he was almost uh more pissed off than what you would suspect him at you know not being in there and like even the whole group was like dude you fucking couldn't stand but now, yeah. you know, that just compounds his failure in season two. Yeah, definitely. I, I like that a lot. That's it for feedback, right? You don't have anything else? Nope. All right. Hit us with the outro. Okay. We will, of course, have spoilers afterward. But um, So, you know, like I said, I'm going to take a little bit more time to do some pimping uh, in the outro segment. Uh, we are part right of... Now. We are... We are part. Of, I'm a little rusty at this. Okay. Damn it! We yeah. are part of the Bald Move Network, and you can find all of our content at baldmove.com, including, of course, our coverage of The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, which is coming up at the end of April. Can you do some pimping in the outro segment? In end of March, and <laughs> uh, the latest seasons of uh, Mad Men, which I believe is coming back in uh, in April as well. Wow! And Stacking Breaking them up. Bad, which is final, which is going to end. Oh, I'm so this excited! Summer. I'm sad. Uh, yeah, of course I'm sad that it's going away, but damn, I'm excited for the last yeah, half season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so don't forget our newest affiliate or our newer, new, I guess our not so new affiliates. 
our seasoned veteran affiliates, the Personal Arrogance crew out of Seattle. We just spent a week with them out in Boulder, Colorado. It was fucking awesome. Okay. This week they talk Magic the Gathering, uh, Great uh, Gate Crash. They talk about beer. Uh, in part two, they talk about uh, the Star Wars prequels um, and some other stuff. <laughs> Uh, that was the bulk of it that I remember. Uh, also, the Because Show, the ladies, uh, Susan, Gerilyn, and Amy out of uh, L.A. Uh, talked uh, Legos. And uh, so they got shipped a Sibian. Do you know what a Sibian is? Hell yeah, I know what a it's Sibian is. It's a piece is. of sex furniture. Yeah. It's, it's like $1,400, and someone just shipped them a free sample because I mentioned on a podcast. That's yeah. pretty awesome. That's crazy. But I've decided that Amy's my favorite now. Even though Gerilyn's the one I've had the most contact with, you know. You've decided this after the discussion with sex toys? Of course, yeah. Of because, course like, have. she's the one that was like, hell, I'll take it last. I don't care. I'll get down <laughs> on the used sex toy. I got to respect that. Yeah. All right. She's, she's now emerged as a clear favorite of the girls. So if you like well, us, uh, if you like the personal arrogance guys, especially if you're a lady, I, as a guy, think they're hilarious oh they are they're really funny um i don't get a lot of their makeup talk but they talk about good books they talk about good food they talk about hilarious stories i love to hear the stories from their lives um this week they talk about their thousand dollar sex toy and divvying it up they talk about legos they talk about levi's moisturizing jeans uh you can hear the personal arrogance crew drunk dialing them because gerilyn remote bought us a shot yeah, all the way from LA to Rocky Mountains. They, she she bought us around the drinks at the Avery Brewing Company uh, meetup. Uh, so yeah, I guess we're going to describe that. That's a baller move. Oh, I think the, the guys said it twenty different times as they're describing it. Yeah, it's a baller move, Gerilyn, You are. I was just going to say it once, but if you want to say it ten baller. times, well, I just wanted to keep the theme going. Okay. Uh, and our latest acquisition, our latest collaboration, Tom and Kelly up yours downstairs. If you like Downton Abbey. Tom and Ke- Kelly are hilarious. They go into yeah. crazy in-depth detail. Man, I love their podcast because they do like th- they do everything from fashion of the period to like historical facts, historical facts about the war that they were in, uh, all sorts of stuff that is essential to the backstory and understanding that show. I yeah. think. And I think if you're a fan of Downton, you're in for like you're cool with a two and a half hour podcast delving into the fashion, <laughs> yes. historical tidbits, and all that stuff. Yeah, so it's great. We're glad to have them. Uh, welcome aboard. Uh, first cast they officially posted this week, and also they're doing it a po- an episode a week. I know the American broadcast is kind of fucked up because they opened up with the two hour premiere and they just did a two hour random thing. So we're at the season finale next week. Tom and Kelly are a couple weeks behind, so you can kind of savor the uh, podcast. And even on the off season, they do a lot of stuff with Edwardian England, yeah. like they covered Titanic. Yeah, anything from the that's set in that period. Uh, yeah, they break on the off season. They do bi weekly casts of breaking down stuff like that. So uh, they're fantastic. We love them. Uh, for this show, you can send us feedback at Watching Dead, Watching Dead at baldmove dot com. You can join me on Facebook dot com slash baldmove for our rollicking uh, live threads uh, of the show. Jim's on Twitter.com slash bald move. And sadly, you're not living with me anymore, so you're cable challenged. Yeah, I'm kind of pissed. Are you going to come? Or why don't you just come out to my house? Drink I a think bird? I will. All right. Yeah. So you can get back into live tweeting? Th- this first week, I didn't think about it until like a couple hours before. But next week, live tweeting. Live tweeting. Uh, on, did you get anybody tweeting at you? Uh, a couple people, yeah. How but much I did couldn't, you enjoy that? Because I you had to wait 24 I, hours to watch it. I saw that the icon on my Twitter thing was lit up, and I was like, nope. 
You just broke your it phone. It is 9.30 p.m. I am not doing this. You threw the iPhone in the toilet. It's the only way to yep. stay. Only way to be sure. And then it showed up on my iPad. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you can do to support us is, and the most important thing is, the reviews and ratings on iTunes. Um, and, you know, I know you go in there. It's like, well, these guys got a couple hundred reviews. Fuck them. Look at Adam Carolla's feed. Come on, people. And 17,000. iTunes is very sensitive to, like, the recency and velocity of reviews. Yeah. So, uh, you know, getting 20, 30 reviews in a single week is enough to get us to the top of the, you know, uh, what's hot section. And that helps our traffic grow. And it's the single probably biggest thing you can do to help us promote the cast. Yeah. Uh, what you can do to help support us. Uh, is use our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.baldmove.com or click on our banner at the uh, top of the uh, baldmove.com webpage. You can also, once you arrive to that landing page, it's just a face, it's just a Amazon homepage. You can bookmark that if you're still one of those people that bookmark. Oh, yeah. I don't use bookmarks anymore, nah, right? No. I'm all URL typing. Yeah, well, Google auto-completes so, yeah, it does so well. For using Chrome or Firefox. Yeah, so I don't even bother. Uh, but what you do is when you go there... You think, oh, I know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take like a 25% of their order and, and jack it on my shipping and handling. Well, you'd be wrong because it's just free. It's just Jeff Bezos giving away free money for reasons I don't understand. Apparently, he's yeah. he's financing podcasts. He's profit-averse. Yeah. No, no profits here at Amazon. No, no. They just want to give them away to podcasters. We want our uh, noses in that trough. So if you buy shit on Amazon, I'm not saying just buy stupid shit to support us. But, you know, if you're buying the Walking Dead Blu-ray set for season two or season 3.1 or whatever, uh, we would really appreciate it if you used Amazon.baldmove.com link. Yeah. And uh, This shit's also, getting too long. We got to cut some stuff no, no, out of here. fuck you. Also... Ugh. Check out Am- the Audible. I feel like an audience member right now saying, fuck this, I'm <laughs> out, I'm fast-forwarding. Check out uh, audible.com slash baldmove for your free uh, Audible book. I mean, hell, if you yes. haven't tried it yet, uh, do so. It's a fantastic series. You owe it to yourself. If you're a, if you're a Kindle <laughs> fanatic especially, that Whisper Sync stuff is hot shit. Yeah, man. no joke. That's really cool. So there you go. Now we can proceed to the spoiler section. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will, of course, be back next week. Until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you next week. back with the spoiler section go ahead and run the video for next week on the next episode of amc's the walking dead we can't stay here we can't run i need to go see them we need you you're not going back to woodbury are you let them go you and i can end this tonight we need you now more than ever where's the governor i'm not sure where her loyalty lies Who the fuck fell off the bridge there? Did you see that? Carl Jr. No. No, I, I don't know. I didn't recognize him. I didn't recognize there was a, a lady there, too. It's like Shitty Bow Girl Part 2. How much do you want to bet that We Need You is followed up by I Need You? <laughs> I don't know. A lot no, of money riding on that. No bet. No bet. <laughs> uh, so should I read so, the email since you're complaining of uh I'm, I'm about voice. to go full laryngitis here. Okay. Uh, so Jess, uh, W or Jace W 
uh, a lady friend of ours, who I don't know how to pronounce J-A-S, apparently, uh, says uh, she enjoyed hanging out on her fly Facebook thread, watching Ep, and I mentioned I had a spoilery comment. Mind you, I haven't read the comments, so it's only based on the podcast's Listening to our podcast, including the spoiler section, so I'm going off what I heard from you. So she's basically saying we're the blame if any of this shit is, is doesn't make sense. Fair Which, enough. I'll take that. Yep. I got broad shoulders. In some previous episode, you talked about a storyline that's probably long past now where Carol commits suicide. But what if they're thinking about making Daryl's departure her breaking point? She was really upset when Rick told her, and she was talking to Beth, the other girl who thought about suicide, and seemed a little too upbeat and happy with the baby, which is sometimes a sign of people who've made their peace are preparing to die. Ooh. Like it. Uh, so what do you think about that? Uh, you've so read the comic that no, far, right? No, no, no. Really? Still? No. no. You need still to plow not. through that shit. I will. I'm caught up the current baby. I will. I'm all about the c- combat Jesus. This weekend, I'm going to bust out the old Park, iPad. Parker buy Kung all. Fu Jesus. That's actually a thing in the new comic. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Parker Kung Fu Jesus. Um, yeah. So you said that Carol kills herself or tries to kill herself. So she makes a pass at... She kind of bonds with Lori, and she bonds with Rick, and she comes with the idea that they should all get married together. Yeah, it's weird. And Lori fucking flips out, and Rick's like, what the hell? And she decides she's so rejected. Uh, and this is also after she was boyfriends with Tyrese, oh, and man. he dumped her for Michonne. She's so uh, distraught that she sacrifices herself to a walker. So I'm seeing a Beth Carl Carroll Love triangle. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Maximum squick factor. Yeah. Um. I. You know. I honestly think that would be. They shift details around, but that's a juicy enough plot line. Someone yeah. sacrificing themselves to walkers that I would not be surprised if they bring it back. Yeah. In and, some form, maybe not Carol uh, making a move on Beth, but yeah, some form. But just or just her being so distraught about Daryl leaving. Yes. Yeah, I could totally buy that. Definitely. So thanks for listening there, uh, Jas, Jace. Yas. Uh, Yas. Yeah. This I think it's right? Yas and I think it's Dude. I think you called him. No, I checked I out he... on Facebook. She's a girl. Oh, okay. So there. <laughs> Yas is a girl's name? Okay. I, maybe it's Jasmine. So she's Jazz. Oh, maybe it so. It could be Jasmine. I don't know. Uh, Jesse B, who has our spoiler aficionado. Holy hell is he ever. He actually, I guess, had uh, spoiler breakdowns for episode nine, uh, but we did a preview before we had a chance to send him in. Um, He says that there's a chance that it's accurate, but he's worried about it not being accurate because, and we've heard this too, that they've done reshoots through this season, like very recent reshoots, which kind of is fodder for the the gist for the fodder fodder for the mill for the glenn mazara thing for the glenn mazara gist mill uh jizz mill uh that he's fucked up the second half of the season and the executives are coming in there and reshooting shit. people just can't hold it together longer than one season i guess not uh he says the episode for 310 begins as rick watches through his binoculars observing michonne walking around the overturned bus in the prison field as he surveys the area he suddenly hallucinates a woman in white standing over the graves of his fallen companions he runs towards the tomb the meter. As Rick approaches the woman in white, she vanishes. He looks around and sees her again, but this time beyond the prison gates. The woman in white? Why are we calling her the woman in white? It's Lori, for fuck's sake. All right. I will, om- I will edit that from here on out. <laughs> he leaves the prison yard. Michonne watches him go outside and close the door behind them. Finally, after approaching Lori, we can see that it's Lori in her <laughs> wedding dress. She touches his face. Rick smiles and then kisses her and has revealed that Lori's a zombie. No, actually, I just made that up. But that'd be fucking cool, right? That'd be awesome. And she's carrying a zombie baby. (laughs) 
Michonne looks at Rick standing there alone. Cue theme music begins. Uh, okay, I'll talk about my shit after this. And Woodbury Andrea sits quietly in her apartment while the governor calls uh, the door. He calls it a <laughs> what door. What does he call it? <laughs> yeah. The calls door it a jar. Is a jar. <laughs> he says that her speech to the people is what they needed to hear. Uh, she asks about the prison. He says that as long as they do not disturb the city, that they are not being bothered. Andrea wants to see them. The governor changes the subject and says that he's not able to lead the people of the city at the moment, but that Andrea can. He wants her to lead the city. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, on the road, uh, Daryl watches Merle emerge from the forest. They talk about how they can find food. Daryl tries to convince Merle that the prison is the best option. Merle does not agree, saying that they don't want to let them in. Besides, they're all dead anyway since the governor wants to kill them. This actually is a f- confirmed scene. You can yes. actually go to amc.com and watch it in the, in the sneak preview. Mm-hmm. Glenn has taken over the group. Uh, he wants to return back to the city and kill the governor. He asks what, the, what does taking over the group mean? Means a why Rick's out there caressing his zombie. I just I get uh, MacGruber facebacks or or flashbacks where he's at his wife's uh, grave fucking her. I was wait you didn't see so, no 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 I saw it I was so completely trashed your picks I don't remember any of it all right well there's some people None. that are feeling me on that okay uh, yeah he's out there um, you know face fucking his ghost wife so if someone's got to lead the thing. Oh, my God. So Glenn's taking over. It's a Glenn Tatorship now. He wants to return back <laughs> to the city and kill the governor. He has the opinion of Michonne, and she accepts. This is Shades of the Comic with uh, Tyrese and Michonne uh, leading a solo raid against the wood citizens of Woodbury. The rest of the group, except Rick, does not agree and feel that they must leave the prison uh, before it is too late. Glenn says that they cannot leave now because they have a crying baby and a man without a leg. Glenn and Carol... <laughs> Glenn and Carl go to secure the cells through which Tyrese and his group entered. The governor surprises Poindexter while he's doing some medical experiments. The governor expressed how valuable Poindexter was and asked him if he tends to stay. Poindexter says the idea of leading the city never crossed his mind. He asks if uh, Poindexter would take a bullet for him, and Poindexter says yes. The governor then shoots him right in the face, <laughs> so sparing Aaron's liver. <laughs> uh, the governor then asks Milton slash Poindexter to watch over Andrea because she does not know he does not know where her loyalty lies. Andrea approaches the main gates of Woodbury and asks where Mar- Martinez is. Nobody knows. Andrea sees Poindexter and asks where the governor is, but he does not give a direct answer. Glenn and Carl return. Herschel suggests again that they leave the prison. Glenn says, fuck you, old man. The group agrees. Axel goes – offers to go – I'm punching this uh, up as, oh, yeah. as necessary. Axel offers to go with Glenn to explore the hidden side of the prison, and they find out how the walkers enter the building. Uh, okay. Glenn asks Axel to help the woman, women to pick up supplies because he will talk to Maggie. He asks Maggie if everything is okay and tells her that he wants to talk about, quote-unquote, that. Glenn asks if he was uh, – Oh, she, so they didn't talk about this. All right. And Glenn didn't actually see this happen to Maggie. Exactly. So. Yeah. Glenn asks if she was raped, and she says no. She confesses uh, to him that if she had not undressed, the governor would have cut off Glenn's hand, almost crying. She asks if he's happy now that he knows everything, and when he goes to comfort her, she punches him and tells him to leave the cell. What the <laughs> fuck? What? What the fuck? Oh, my God. This could be an interesting episode. <laughs> yes. On the outside, Carol and Axel are guarding the bridges in prison. Guarding the why bridges are the pr- in prison? Why are the bridges in prison? Uh, Axel tells her that he is in jail for armed robbery. He assaulted a liquor store with a water gun. Well, that's shitty armed robbery. The police search the house 
and his brother found the gun that matched the description of the weapon used. Carl offered to teach him how to use, or Carol offered to teach him how to use a real gun. Axel is grateful to Carol. Because now he can rob liquor stores <laughs> the right way. <laughs> Merle and Daryl are walking through the woods to the river to get some fish. They argue about which direction to take when they hear a scream. Daryl recognizes it as a crying baby. They run to a bridge where a Spanish family is fending off walkers. Daryl runs to the bridge where Merle tries to stop him. Daryl begins to break down the walkers while Merle, with Merle covering. After clearing the bridge, Daryl asks if the family's okay. Merle begins to ransack the car. The father family tries to stop Merle with his gun, but Merle takes it down and continues takes him down and continues looting the car. Daryl appears behind Merle and aims his crosshair uh, crossbow at him and uh, obliges him to leave the car and allows the famous Spanish family to escape. So I think Spoiler you have your answer for... They're actually uh, some vatos. <laughs> yeah. They're taking care of old ladies. Uh, I think you have your answer on who goes off the bridge. Either the Spanish family or most likely a walker. Oh, really? Yeah. Daryl walks back into the woods, and Merle follows him and scolds him for risking his life for strangers while not hesitating to give him up on the roof of Atlanta. Daryl says he was looking for him and deserved what, and he deserved what happened to him for everything he did before. Merle gets angry and says, I'm sure you don't know how we plan to steal the camp. Daryl says that it never happened. Merle says that just because he was there, or just because he was not there to help, uh, Daryl calls on... Wait, I don't, I don't get this. Daryl calls on his childhood abandonment, and Merle accuses him of making him lose his hand in retaliation. Daryl says he lost a hand for being an asshole. Merle attacks Daryl and, and takes him down, discovering in the process scars an entire back of Daryl. Merle says he did not know. You're about da- halfway through this email, by the way. I know, but Daryl's. I'm. I mean, it's a marathon. <laughs> Bring it Brutal. on. Brutally long. But Daryl says that he actually he knew because Daryl had them as well, and that's why he left first. What the fuck? Were they slaves in Antebellum South? <laughs> Daryl starts to walk, and Merle asks where he's going. Daryl says he's got this new movie called Django Unchained that he wants to be in. <laughs> Uh, Daryl tells him he's going back to the prison, and Merle says he cannot go there because he tries to ki- tried to kill Glenn and Michonne. Daryl asks if, leave- if leaving him if he's leaving him again, and then Merle begins to follow. Jesus, Herschel call- calls for Glenn before he leaves to Woodbury. This is crazy. This is insanity. <laughs> I can see why. Point- I can see why Mazzari gets sacked. Can you imagine the the execs watching this? <laughs> yeah, this is the pitch. This is the email he sends them <laughs> to get them on this board. This is a stolen email from Glenn Mazzara's Blackberry. <laughs> uh, he questions Glenn about going to that town and reminds him that he needs to protect Maggie. Glenn's- this is his elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn's – yeah, it's a elevator. Glenn says that Herschel is the next leader and gets into his car and leaves. Herschel sees Rick walking around just outside the gate. <laughs> Inside, Beth asks Maggie if she could take care of Judith. No, it's ass kicker for a moment as she cooks something and Maggie takes care of the baby. Oh, wow. Uh, Oh, this shit is too funny. Herschel calls from Rick. And at first, the sheriff didn't know from what. Wait, we're calling the sheriff now? He didn't know from where the sound is coming, but he finally sees Herschel inside the fences. Herschel tells Rick how much the group needs him. Glenn is at war and cannot be the new leader. No, he's not a good wartime. He's, he's not no Sony Corleone. Rick no, no. replied that Herschel must take the lead. Herschel asks what he's doing there, and Rick confesses that he saw Lori and Shane. Herschel says that's only a manifestation of his uh, 
blame and he needs to rest because the group needs him. Rick refuses. Michonne's still around the bus, watches the men talking. Of course she can't go down there and, like, you know, reason with them. No. Outside in the yard, Axel continues talking to Carol and flirting with her, saying that she is a lady when suddenly he gets a bullet in the head, killing him. (laughs) (laughs) The governor and his men are attacking the prison. Martinez has immobilized Rick outside. Herschel is hiding in the bushes just inside the enclosure. Carl and Beth are hiding behind the bleachers. Michonne takes refuge in the bus. Carl is using Axel's body as a shield. (laughs) They're flying everywhere. Carol couldn't lift that guy. Are you kidding me? One of the men of Woodbury managed to take control of one of the towers. Michonne exchanged fire with the governor. Carl's trying to cover Carol, who is still hidden under Axel's body. The fire oh, ceases. Okay. The calm is reassuring. Maggie comes running with weapons for Beth and Carol. Bullet Rick, in the head! <laughs> Rick, still on the fence outside, is trying to fight Martinez. Martinez. Uh... Maggie, Beth, and Carl cover Carol as she reaches them and takes a weapon. Rick looks at how a van crashed straight into the fences. The van opens and releases a lot of walkers into the courtyard. Walkers are driving vans. The driver, fully dressed in armor, runs off and returns to the governor. The fight resumes. Oh, my That's God. That's kind of cool. I this like is, that. Wait, this, is this like the first, next three episodes? Because there's no fucking way this is one episode, right? It might be. Rick Not- yells at Herschel to return to the prison. Maggie finally kills a sniper in the tower as Rick enters the fences. Walkers begin to appear in the forest. The shooting has attracted them. The governor's men leave. Herschel is surrounded by walkers, and Rick cannot help because he himself is being invaded. Wow. Carl suddenly appears. (laughs) (laughs) Rick's being invaded? Yeah. Uh, Glenn suddenly appears in the distance. Michonne with her katana is making making her way to Herschel. Rick is out of bullets, and he's struggling with two walkers, and more are coming. The look of terror comes over him. He will die. Suddenly, <laughs> Lori saves him. No. Suddenly, an arrow through the head of the walker. The Dixon brothers come running. Merle kills another zombie attacking Rick, while Daryl is killing walkers with arrows. Glenn and Michonne help uh, Herschel climb into the car and drive to the security of the prison. All are safe, in parentheses, except Axel. <laughs> Who is dead from a bullet to the to head. head. The group observes that they lost everything they built. Walkers roam the grounds. Rick turns and looks into the distance, thinking about what just happened. They're at war. End of episode. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's a lot of stuff happening. Yes. It sounds insane. We've got to edit these spoiler emails down. I can't do another (laughs) one of those. That was crazy. That was ten minutes of solid reading. Thank you for sending that in to us. Jesse B. Jesse B. Uh, Theodore also sent the exact same thing. Uh, so okay, so this is basically uh, confirmed then. Yeah, I think so. I well, just, or they they have the same source. Yeah, from I think it's TV spoilers or something that's doing it. I meant to talk about this before. Uh, God, I can't imagine there's. But five we're gonna people. go ahead and read Theodore's email anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I can't imagine people are still listening at this point, but. Um, I actually really like the way they handle Rick's kind of craziness in the comic, where he basically steals that phone and continues to have conversations with Lori in private. It sounds bizarre. And it, people it sounds like really weird. Yeah, and like people slowly like Michonne walks in him on doing it and they kind of bond over the fact that she still talks to her dead boyfriend. 
Carl catches him and says he's acting crazy and he should stop. It's freaking him out. Yeah. Andrea, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's much better than him just waving a gun and saying, get out! Ah! Yeah. I, I just, I don't know why they didn't do that. That would still show that Rick is cracking up, but it would be plausible that the group would follow him. He's out frolicking yeah. with his ghost wife getting jumped <laughs> by Martinez. <laughs> How in the hell are these people going to follow him? They can't. After that episode, there's no way they can. Yeah. I'm. I, this it's, episode it's sounds like a mess. It does. Although I love the fact that the Merle, the the Dixon brothers are the ones that save the day at the end, and that's a plausible way to get everyone to accept Daryl. Yeah. I, right. I'm sorry, Merle. There's too many freaking yeah, Carl, Carol, Merle, Daryl. Yeah. Jesus. It isn't. I can't imagine that Merle is the instigator of let's go save this prison. It's no. Daryl for certain. No, but he played his part. You think so? Yeah. They're just going to forgive all of his past transgressions. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's going to be an episode unto itself. Yeah, sure. Uh, hopefully with a shorter email to accompany it. <laughs> yeah, but Axel dead. The The prison group has been vanquished. They didn't last a single season. Yeah. Good luck, Tyrese. Good luck. I hope he dies right after saying, you follow me. <laughs> I'll thank you for showing me how to work a gun. You follow me. Blam! <laughs> All right, that's Lesson it for this episode. Lesson over. Too much spoiler action at the begin- at the end. Yeah. Too much spoiler action. Yeah. Can't handle it all. I'm, 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 yeah, I don't know. I, I thought we made the best of it. Yeah. We tried to punch it up a little bit. I'm kind of worried about the season, though, man. Me too. Me I'm too. not hearing good things, and this spoilers are seems... It, it, it's, it's so random, right? Yeah. It's just like, out of nowhere, somebody gets shot in the head. They fight for a while. Out well, of nowhere, a zombie gets shot in the head. It's not out of nowhere. I mean, it's it's the prison assault happening way earlier than it does in the comic books. Yeah, but there's no tension there. All of a sudden, boom, Axel's dead. All right. All of a sudden, boom, the Dixon brothers are rolling in. I guess the only thing I can say, I don't know. I'm going to have to wait until see how it plays out. I'm, okay. I'm scared. I'm scared. Uh, somebody recently, I think I heard this on a podcast, says that uh, surprise is when something completely unexpected happens. Tension is when you see things building towards something happening. Something inevitable, yeah. And tension is always better. Yep. Agreed. And I completely agree with that, and it sounds like there's not much tension in next episode. Uh, all of it's in this episode. We'll see. I don't want to prejudge it, but yeah. it sounded ridiculous as I was reading it for sure. As we were reading it and making fun of it. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yep, bye.